Shalom. It's a joy to be here with you today for our weekly broadcast of Your Jewish Connection. Here at Your Jewish Connection, you will get connected to the Jewish identity of Jesus, the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, and we're going to connect you with the amazing things that God is doing amongst the Jewish people around the world, including in the nation of Israel. I am Rabbi Stewart, your host and teacher. I'm a Messianic Jew, a Jewish follower of Jesus, Yeshua. In Acts chapter 2, we read about events that changed the course of the world. These events occurred on the Feast of Pentecost. Stay tuned for an eye-opening look at the Feast of Pentecost and see how this feast is intimately tied into God's plan for the Jewish people and the entire world. Don't miss it. Welcome to Your Jewish Connection with Rabbi Stewart, connecting you to the Jewish identity of Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Here now, Rabbi Stuart Winograd. Today is the Feast of Pentecost on the Jewish calendar. It is a very special and exciting time. So what is the Feast of Pentecost and Where did it come from? What's its origins? To find out, we need to go back to the Old Testament, or as we Jewish people call it, the Tanakh. The Tanakh is actually an acronym standing for three words. Torah, which is the five books of Moses. Nevi'im. Can you say that? Nevi'im, which is the prophets. And Ketuvim, which is the other writings of the Old Testament. Tanakh, Torah, Nevi'im, and Ketuvim. And so we want to go into the Torah, the five books of Moses, and I want to read to you from Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1 and 2, so that we can discover together the origins of the Feast of Pentecost. Leviticus 23, 1 and 2 says this, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed festivals, appointed festivals of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. Some other translations say, these are my appointed times, says the Lord. So these are what's listed here in Leviticus 23, verse 1 and 2, and we're going to go through that list, is a list of seven appointed festivals celebrations, seven appointed times of the Lord. You know, when I first started teaching about these feasts in churches about 40 years ago, I spoke of them as the Jewish feasts. However, after a little while, the Holy Spirit led me back to this passage in Leviticus and corrected my understanding. These are God's feasts, and he gave them first to the Jewish people. But in truth, they are available to anyone who wants to celebrate with God and the Jewish people on God's appointed festival. So if you're a believer in the God of Israel, and if you're a believer in Jesus, you can celebrate these feasts and be enriched in your walk with the Lord. And there are many, many good books out there that can help you make a little beginning, you know, We take little steps, step by step, we open things up. Step by step, we learn. So you can make a beginning. And one book that comes to mind is uh, 
written by a good friend of mine, Messianic Rabbi Barney Kasdan. His book is entitled God's Appointed Times, and uh, you can get that, I'm sure, on Amazon or wherever. Uh, but that's a good book to start with if you want to learn more about the feast and begin to practice them some. So let's take a look at these seven appointed times, appointed festivals of the Lord. You know, and when I think that there's a list of seven, I think, wow, our God likes to celebrate with his people. He likes to party with those that love him and walk with him. Sometimes my Christian brothers and sisters ask me, and others ask me, they say, do we need to celebrate these feasts in order to have salvation? And I say, no. The Bible teaches that we are saved by grace through faith. And we don't have to celebrate these feasts in order to have salvation, but we have the privilege and the opportunity to celebrate these feasts to enrich our walk with the Lord. You know, the New Testament writers describe Yeshua as not only the Savior, not only as Savior and Lord, but as Messiah, King of the Jews, King of Israel. And so we need to think about these feasts in this way, that the King of Israel, Jesus, gave these feasts first to his Jewish people whom he chose for a purpose, and he also invites anyone who wants to join him in this great celebration. How cool is it when you get invited to a birthday party or a wedding of a friend? How much more cool is it when the God of heaven and earth invites us to celebrate with him on times that he's appointed for celebration, for festivals? Okay, now we're going to take a look at those seven feasts. The first, these are all you find in Leviticus 23. The first is the Shabbat or the Sabbath. It's the seventh day. The biblical day begins at sundown, so the Sabbath actually begins Friday evening when the sun goes down and goes until Saturday sundown. The second feast listed is Pesach, or the Feast of Passover and Unleavened Bread. You know that Yeshua, the Passover Lamb, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, he's our Passover Lamb. He gave his life during Passover, God's appointed times, super significant, prophetic, historic, present day, and future. Yom Habikurim, or the Feast of First Fruits. Interesting that this feast occurs right after Passover. And you know what? Yeshua rose from the dead on the Feast of First Fruits. The next one, and we're going to focus more time on this in a little bit, Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Pentecost. Now moving on to the fall feast, we have Yom Teruah, or the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Blowing the Shofar, the ram's horn. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles. And by the way, you may not know this, but all of you who believe in Jesus and are born again into his kingdom, Jew, Gentile, people from every nation, we're going to be celebrating this Feast of Sukkot, Tabernacles, in Jerusalem when Jesus returns. Little hint, check out Zechariah 14 to find out more about this. 
You won't want to miss your Jewish connection when we dig deeper into each of these feasts when they occur during that season of the year. But now back to Shavuot Pentecost, because today is Shavuot on the Jewish calendar. Shavuot, as I mentioned, is the Feast of Weeks and is to be celebrated 50 days after Passover, thus the name Pentecost. Pentecost is a transliteration of the Greek word Pentecostos, which means 50. Shavuot, or Pentecost, is categorized by some as the birthday of the church. However, I want to inform you that that word itself and the understanding that we have of the word church was not yet used at the time since this whole thing in Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, Shavuot, Acts chapter 2 was strictly a Jewish movement at that time. This movement of Jewish followers in the promised Messiah of Israel, Yeshua, eventually expanded to the Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles together, you who are born again, I and my people who are born again, not all Jews are born again, not all Gentiles are born again. How are we born again? We're born again when we embrace the life, death, and resurrection of Messiah Yeshua. We are saved not by celebrating the feasts, we are enriched by celebrating the feasts because they are God's appointed times. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. So, I want you to stay tuned as we dig deeper into this Jewish feast of Pentecost. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 2. And as you open to that passage, I want to share this with you. The Jewish rabbis and sages believe that God gave the Torah to the Jewish people through Moses on Shavuot, on Pentecost. And we see in Acts chapter 2 that this is the time when God fulfilled the words of the Jewish prophet Joel. You can find Joel in the Tanakh, or Old Testament. He fulfilled the words of the Jewish prophet Joel and poured out the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, Ruach, Spirit HaKodesh, the Holy. Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh. God poured out the Holy Spirit on the Jewish people in Jerusalem on Pentecost, Shavuot, a strategic appointed time. 2,000 years ago, just after the resurrection of Yeshua and his ascension into heaven. What an awesome appointed time of God. He gave his Torah, his word, his teachings, and he gave his Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit, to mankind on this appointed feast of Shavuot. We'll be back in a moment to open the book of Acts and dig deeper into this strategic appointed time of God. Don't miss it. You're listening to Faith Talk Atlanta. He knew knew very well what I needed and what my family needed. Available around the clock at faithtalkatlanta.com. 
Welcome back. I'm Rabbi Stewart, and this is your Jewish Connection. Today we are celebrating on the Jewish calendar the Feast of Shavuot, Pentecost, and uh, we're going to take a look at the Book of Acts now, Acts chapter 2, and see a history-changing moment occur, and it's recorded in Acts 2. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. I'm going to put these glasses on. I really don't need these things, but I know they make me look a lot more intelligent. Don't you agree? All right. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. And when the day of Pentecost, or as I said, it's Shavuot. You find it in the Tanakh, the Old Testament. When the day of Shavuot, Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Who were these? The followers of Jesus, the followers of Yeshua, the Jewish apostles and disciples. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. So, what's going on here? One of God's seven appointed feasts, one of God's seven appointed festivals, prophetic, historic, relevant for today. What's going on in the history here? God is using strategically his appointed times to accomplish his purposes. The Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, is poured out. Who's he poured out on? Who's in Jerusalem? God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven are in Jerusalem. Why are these Jews gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of Shavuot, Pentecost? Because Shavuot, Pentecost, is one of the three pilgrimage feasts that through Moses, God commanded the children of Israel to come up to Jerusalem to worship him. So that is why they're there. They're obeying the word of God as given through Moses in the Torah. Isn't it rich to connect with the historical and cultural context of the scriptures? I mean, I'm Jewish. I love it. But it's not only because I'm Jewish that I love it. I love it because It's God's reality. It's the way he put it all together. So often people read the story in Acts chapter 2 and miss the fact that it was Jewish people gathered in Jerusalem, and they miss the fact that they were gathered there because it was God's appointed time and God's command. This really enriches and fills out the story. When you understand the Jewish historical and cultural context that the scriptures are written, it takes you into a deeper sense of God's truth and God's plan for mankind. We can say, in a way, it brings out the amazing God colors of the Bible in a fuller way. I want to take a look at verses 14 through 21 because they talk about this supernatural event of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit being a fulfillment of prophecy and 
Peter's going to give, the Jewish apostle Peter's going to give a powerful message. 14 through 21. Then Peter stood up with the leaven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. These men are not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is the fulfillment of what the prophet Joel spoke. That, And then he quotes Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy and I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and pillars, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness. This is at the very end. And the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, who calls on the name of Jesus, Yeshua, Yeshua meaning God's salvation in Hebrew, will be saved. Fulfillment. God's strategic time. God's strategic plan. God's appointed festival. He knew that Jewish people from every nation under heaven would be gathered in Jerusalem, and he pours out his spirit on Shavuot so that those in Jerusalem would carry the message of Yeshua and those who had come as pilgrims to Jerusalem, Jewish people, would go back to their communities to carry the message that the Messiah has come and God has fulfilled the prophetic word relating to Messiah and he's also fulfilled the word, the words of the prophet Joel and he's poured out his spirit upon us and it's miraculous and it's amazing and it's life-changing. And then Peter continues and he says, men of Israel, listen to this. And in verse 29, he says, brothers, and I'm, I'm showing you these passages so that there will be no doubt in your mind that Peter is speaking to an audience that is almost exclusively Jewish. And I want to say this right now, that I'm not sharing these truths with you simply because I'm Jewish. And I'm not trying to say to you that Jewish people are better than anyone else or that we're worse than anyone else. We're the same as everyone. We need to be saved by God's grace through our faith in the Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua. I'm sharing this with you because it's truth. It's biblical, historical truth. And the truth sets us free to walk more fully and intimately with God and to fulfill the great purposes that he has for us as the universal body of Messiah, Jews and Gentiles, together to fulfill his purposes more effectively. So Peter's preaching this message to Jewish people from every nation under heaven. And let's take a look at the result of this message that he gave that day. We're going to read verses 38 through 41. We're still in Acts chapter 2. 38 through 41. So the people said, what should we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be immersed or baptized, every one of you, in the name of Yeshua 
HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And then with many other words, verse 40, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. His words echo down through history. Today, they are relevant words. And if you are listening to this broadcast and you have never embraced the love and mercy of Jesus that will set you free from the bondage of sin and death, addictions and and immorality and everything else that tears down your soul, you can receive him right in your home right now because he's alive, he's with you, and he loves you, and he wants to be your best friend, your Savior, and your Lord. And so, back here, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And then verse 41, those who accepted his message and were immersed or baptized in water, they were about 3,000 that were added to their number that day. You know, sometimes through a misreading of the Bible or through an inaccurate teaching that we might receive, we get the impression that all or almost all of the Jewish people that lived in the time of Jesus, that they rejected him. But who are these 3,000 people? They were the Jewish people that Peter was addressing. So here we see in one day on the Feast of Shavuot, Pentecost, 3,000 Jewish people come to faith. They did the most Jewish thing a Jewish person can do. That is to embrace the Messiah who all of the Jewish prophets spoke about. Moses, every one of the Jewish prophets spoke of a Messiah. And so when we Jewish people embrace Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, we don't stop being Jewish. What happens is we actually become fulfilled or completed Jews because, as I said, we did the most Jewish thing a Jewish person could possibly do. And a little side note. Baptism is a very Jewish practice, and Orthodox religious Jews still practice various forms of water immersion or baptism to this day. We'll talk about that in another, in another uh, broadcast. We don't have time to dig into it today. So this whole thing started as a Jewish movement and continued for a number of years as almost an exclusively Jewish movement. We're going to dig into that next week, and we're going to show you how and when the Gentiles, the non-Jews, came into the picture. Tune in next Saturday to Your Jewish Connection at 9.30 a.m. here at Faith Talk WNIV as we take a tour of the Book of Acts to see how God opened the door for the Gentiles, your ancestors, to believe in the Jewish Messiah, Jesus and to join with these Jewish followers. You won't want to miss this revelation from God's Word as we take a look at the Bible through Jewish eyes. It will come alive 
in a fresh way. See you next week. 